This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by United legend Paul Parker. Talk over a good week at United. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your questions and comments in. If you're watching live on the replay, say hello, feel free to comment, we do still reply. And if you're listening back on the audio podcast, um, feel free to um, like subscribe and review on the platform you're listening on um paul how are you doing good weekend I'm, yeah i'm good thank you very much what games yeah. did you get to the only game i done this weekend was a united game, so oh, game nice. I've done. yeah it's all i've done so it's been all right well we're, we're properly informed then um <laughs> it's, yeah it's been a good week for united i, I did say on, on last week's pod i hope that next week we're sitting talking about six points and Thankfully, we are two very important wins for United right at a time where there seems to be a lot of strong form in the table. Everyone around them picking up wins and United did pick up two more. Um, <coughs> first against Brentford, 1-0. Then against Everton, 2-0. So clean sheets as well. De Gea making... Um, so it didn't have a lot to do against Everton, but um, a great save at, uh, against Brentford. Uh, almost did an assist as well in the, the Everton game. Um, we'll talk about Brentford first of all. United proactive in both games, Paul. It seemed like they, you know, a little bit stung by the criticism um, of the Newcastle performance as well. They should have been, but nice to see a response. I mean, the conditions against Brentford were really rubbish, but I think that sort of helped us. Really, it wasn't going to be a game where you're going to hold the ball in midfield, and United didn't have the players for that. So, you know, they so you know they went at it from the first whistle, get the goal from Rashford. A couple of hairy moments late on, but um, held out for, for the win. Really important one, that one, wasn't it? It was. I mean, I said before, it was it was always a worry just the way Brentford were. But it seems, looking at Brentford over their, their last two games, obviously, against um, United and against Newcastle, they've hit a little bit of a patch. But prior to that, it's a side that go away from home and they are quite troublesome. If, they, if you let them get 1-0 up, they suffocate a game, they make the game tedious in the way they kind of, <clears throat> the way they conduct themselves. They're not, not the, you wouldn't see them as the nicest side to watch, and to be perfectly honest, but it was it was important to win that game. And that second half was very edgy in the end because I thought that um, United took their foot off the gas. They didn't, didn't command the ball, didn't get control of the ball. And 
And then the, um, the, uh, the sub comes on and goes one against one. I think if that's Tony, Ivan Tony, there's more of a chance of him actually stretching um, David De Gea even, you know, better than what um, the other lad did. I mean, he just kicked it straight into um, into David De Gea's um, never regions, didn't he? When maybe he should have at least worked him. But there was a, you know, they, they, they do cause problems. Um, so I think really, if we look at the two games, you look at it performance-wise, you look at it and you say that United have done really well so far, but now it's got to the point where I say you'll take a win. And you know, I think me, I'm kind of a performance orientated person, but I'm looking at it. They've had to go go to game four games without Casemiro playing, and that showed has showed how much yeah. he's, he's been seriously missed. Really, really showed. And and I think you just look at it and you go six points out of six against them. When you think about it, last season, previous seasons, United may have not, or a very good chance United would not have taken six points out of those two games. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it did feel like that, um, you know, the, those moments, have they got the sort of mental capacity to sort of um, get through those wins or get through the periods like, you know, against Everton, taking an early lead, um, what's it going to be like in the second half? Can they get through and get that second goal? Um, general comments, disappointed with the forwards. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, it's a good topic of discussion, which we will be coming back on. Um, but yeah, the Everton game, different setup from the start. Fernandez, we, we talked about it on I said you were WhatsApp about it because I was like, oh, surprised by this, and it seems to be working. Fernandez playing as the sort of sitting midfielder and McTominay a little bit f- further forward. And you know, I'm not saying it was brilliant, but it seemed like the best solution out of all of the um, combinations we've tried. Fernandez maybe instructed to be a little bit less opportunistic with the passing. McTominay, we know, is not great at keeping possession, but he was able to sort of do that, the passing and moving kind of thing that resulted in the goal, really. He can do that quite well. Um, and in the first half, at least, the setup seemed really positive. United put in a very good performance, really aggressive. A lot of chances, the quality of chances, not perhaps really high, but they did put create plenty and it was a strong attitude importantly when Everton looked like they were going to make those changes and try and get back into the game United get that very very important second goal from Martial um, and then you know obviously we've got the um, cherry on the cake with Ericsson back for the last 20 minutes and Casemiro's obviously now able to play until uh, one referee deems that he's should be sent off for being on the pitch um, in the next game he gets six match ban or something but um, up until that happens, Casemiro and Eriksson should be back in the next game at, at Forest. Um, so, how, how did you rate that? I mean, obviously, a lot of people will be looking at the number of chances, Paul, saying United created a lot. It wasn't like, you know, that I mean, a lot of them were Anthony shooting like they, like they were against Brentford. He tried that shot. And to be fair, I, I would normally get a little bit frustrated with a player doing that, but it does work quite often for him. So, and we were, you know, there was that really good chance in the first half where he hits the post with it. Um, and, you know, he, perhaps he could have done better with a couple of the ones where it was played over the top. It was If it was that yard quicker, then maybe, you know, it's, we would have been a lot more comfortable in the first half. But, you know, we played the right way. It was proactive. A lot of chances created. They were looking to create chances as well. Um, so really positive performance. And like we were saying, the mental strength to sort of ride that little... I wouldn't say Everton ever really caused a storm, but the threat of a storm coming, they got that second goal and killed the game. 
So a really professional performance, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we have to say that in a way. It was a it was a shut up shop more than anything really. And Everton had to make the substitution. Ben Godfrey couldn't play at left back. I mean, absolutely incredible, terrible what I saw of him. It was how he got caught three times on the bounce by the same same ball. And it was you know, it wasn't as if it was great, the balls and fantastic. It was just the position he was taking up as a centre, a right-footed centre-half playing at left-back. Just it wasn't working. I, I don't know why why he wasn't playing the Ukrainian lad, uh, Malenko. I don't, yeah. just don't know why he never played, why he isn't playing, because at least they'd have had better balance. And it proved that when he come on, the, it, it changed. And they got, they looked, they, United wasn't getting that kind of, that kind of space anymore, but those opportunities that Anthony missed, and it was about pace in a way, because if he did have that bit more pace, he would have been able to get across the front of Anthony and got got himself a little bit more central, and then he could have gone either side. But again, when he gets there, it's it's quite weak, really. I've never seen him really visible. I just yeah. wonder how much real strength he's got in that left foot. He doesn't really fizz him. He's he may be one of the ugliest strikers of a ball, left-footed players I've ever seen, to be perfect. It's normally, you see a left-footed player and you, you want to be him. You just look at him and you think, wow, you know, just got something about a left foot. And, you, you know, the, the only one who may be one of the ones I can remember who didn't and a left foot like a cannon was Stuart Pearce. But they're normally quite elegant players. But Anthony hasn't really got that finesse. And it's just a shame, really, that, Two of those opportunities fell to him. The other one out of the, out of the three that went in that same ball from from left yeah. from left to right was um, the fact that he, he actually it was a great save in the end. I would, I would say as well yeah. by yeah. Um, by Pickford to his right. It was a really really even though I'm sure he, he had a really good idea where that was going because he doesn't put any disguise on like he's gonna maybe try at the near post. He, it's the same kind of shot, but. It could have been. They could have gone in at half time. I'm going to say at least four or five, yeah. and then and that would have given the manager the opportunity then to make a, a raft of changes at half time. But they didn't do that, and the game was still on an edge until that second goal because he makes those substitutions, and the substitutions looked they looked for a few minutes. They made a difference. He got more energy in the midfield. Because they were very sluggish, you know, like Lusher in midfield, Everton. United weren't much quicker. But the moment they got the second goal, you know, Garner coming coming on as one of the substitutes, it, it didn't allow him to get in the game. Tom Davis started quite lively. Tom Davis was trying to do an impersonation of Chockey. By the way, he looked, to be honest. I'm surprised he didn't come on the big pair of flares and a handbag. But, I mean, just, just with a beard. But, no, Everton, that, you know, that was poor. I was expecting... I mean, Everton are a sider and got big problems again, but I was expecting more of a dogfight from Everton. Yeah. But it seemed like they only can have a dogfight on their own patch. Away from home, they've got that bit of Nottingham Forest about them. There's not enough there. And if Sean Dyche can't get that from them, then, then, there's a, then that's a problem. You know, it's a problem within the club. It's what maybe the club have become now when Everton were never like that during their great periods in the mid-80s and after. You would never have an easy game against Everton. Yes, United always have always kind of beaten Everton at home, you know, majority yeah. of the times. But you, there was always a fight, Wayne, and there was no great fight 
And if they showed a bit of fight, you might have thought the game's going to be a problem. The biggest problem to Manchester United at the weekend was Manchester United, to be perfectly honest. There was their own worst enemy to make that game so difficult. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, more less straightforward than it should have been, because I don't think it was ever difficult. But you, you're quite right about... Um, what was the nickname that they had in the 90s? Was it when Joe Royal... Was it Joe Royal took over just after Mark, Mike Walker? Oh, Dogs of War? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. two legs in midfield that was, yeah. Yeah, and um, more like puppies then at the weekend. Um, well, off, off their own patch, like you said, at, at, um, at Goodison, it's always a different it's a different thing. Um, ben says Nani was like that at first, wasn't he? Always took the shooting chance until he developed his game a bit more. Hopefully that will come with Anthony too. Yeah, I guess it's keenness to make an impression. Um, he said, by the way, Wayne, that was our 49th game this season, the same amount of games we played in the whole of last season, and we still have 12 to 16 games left. Yeah, and thankfully, you know, um, squads getting a bit fuller at the right time. Garnacho might even be back sort of like late month or something. Um, shouldn't miss the rest of the season, hopefully. Um, just going back to an earlier comment, Jem Will says, um, Michael Inko is also bad. He does offer more going forward to Everton. I've watched some Everton games. Yeah, maybe that's the Daesh thing. You know, he wanted to be more resolute. Um, and so I haven't seen this. Um, but, um, Jem Will also says, what do you make of Ten Hag's comments about Harry? I haven't seen the comments. So you are, if you want to put them in the, in the comment section, let me know. But... On Maguire, he was brought in. It was a surprise selection, Paul. But, you know, being fair, you know, he's, he's probably one of the most criticised or scrutinised players at United, um, and rightly so, because his form over the last couple of years hasn't been great. But I thought he was very good on Saturday. No, I said by very good. I'm not going to say 8 out of 10. <coughs> 7 out of 10, very steady. You know what I mean? He, he, he was quicker in releasing the ball. A few of those Hollywood passes, but they all came off. So, well, all bought bar one, I thought. And then there was that um, that big shinner that went um, <laughs> flying up and nearly created an assist for us as well. What did you make of Maguire's performance? I looked at that. I looked what he was up against and it had to be, it had to be a half-decent performance because he was up against, I have to say, really, in Ellis Sims, an absolute novice. So, he had, so what, he had to do, what he had to do, he'd done well. If he couldn't do well, who he was up against, then there was, you know, then there was, he was going to add more to his, you know, already list of problems there. So he he done okay in a game which was easy was was easy to do okay. If you're honest, no one was really stretched. There wasn't put under a great deal of pressure. Um, the one who had the biggest problems, I thought, when I look at it defensively, was Malassia. Yeah, uh, he struggled. You know, gets himself caught up and. You know, you've got to look at it. He, you know, he's, he started off quite well. Then that allowed, to be honest, on that side of it, it was a bit like it kind of, he got Luke Shaw going. Luke yeah. Shaw got himself going and then carried, got, you know, straight away, that's his spot. And then he's had to come in for a little bit. So now he's got a bit, it seems like he might have a bit of a run because maybe because of an injury to Luke Shaw. And I don't know what that is. Just taking a punt at that. So, I'm, I just think maybe got a little bit anxious in certain ways and trying too hard. You can see him is 200 miles an hour. Everything he does is overemphasizing everything. He's trying to run forward all the time when sometimes he didn't have to. He could have virtually, 
you know, him on the left-hand side, and I did say this when I was working, is that United strength is off their right-hand side because the left-hand side of him and Sancho wasn't working. It was it was too sluggish. And he was trying really hard to get it going by trying to underlap and overlap. The problem is, at the moment, Sancho is too scared to release the ball sometimes because he doesn't want to make a mistake and yeah. he's causing his own problems. So there was no great energy on that left-hand side, it got quite complicated and overcomplicated in the ends. But I, I just thought that Malassius struggled early on in that game, in that first 15 minutes to get himself into it. And then as the game steadily went on, he, you know, he was no different to everyone else. It was just, as I said before, it was just a, a good win in the end. Yeah. He was, I, I thought he was very good against Brentford when he came on, but I think you're probably right. Against Everton, it was almost like... <clears throat> The pre- his pressure, or it felt like observing it, it looked like he's trying to be do the things that Luke Shaw does, where he should just concentrate on doing the things that he does because he's he, he was very good when he came in. And um, I'm not saying he, I don't think he played particularly poorly, but yeah, there's definitely some of that anxiety where should he be, what should he be doing, that kind of thing. Um, those comments on Harry, by the way, from Eric Tenog were um, Maguire was dominating, dictating this is a different Harry to what I've seen in the first weeks and months. He's taking so much initiative, dominating his opponents, stepping in, bringing passes. So a really great performance, like Paul said, you know, with the caveat that it was a, a novice in the attack. But you've got to have the manager talking up a player at this point in the season, especially if he's the club captain, especially if you're probably wanting him to be an asset who's going to bring in somebody at the summer. You're not going to talk him down. And, you know, United have got a lot of games. He's probably going to play a fair few more. So, um yeah, so a couple more comments before we move on to the next point. Um, ben says, one thing I've noticed, we only have one away win against teams in the top half, uh, but that's fallen, concerning. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we did talk about it last, or a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about um, United's record in, I think it was last week's episode after Newcastle, um, how, how United are faring on, on the road, and whether that's a Tenog thing, or whether it's just, I mean, some of those games, you know, is there only Casemiro was only started in one of them at Liverpool, and the rest of them he was kind of like either brought on against Newcastle against City or he's been suspended. Um, did he play against Arsenal or he was, he was suspended for that one, wasn't he? So, mm, yeah, um, so we've, yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's a concern, don't get me wrong. Um, thankfully, I think there's only one, is the one of those away games left, or maybe two of those away games left. The end of the season, um, I don't know, they might even be more than that. Villa, we've played Villa, we've definitely played Villa away, we haven't played Brighton away, so that's one. Spurs away, um, I know he's definitely on there as well. So, um, two big away games coming up. Um, Richard says, Good morning, everyone. Every, um, we're, we're looking decent going into this week's game against Seville. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, um, Casemiro and Ericsson back, that's a good thing. Martial also back, Paul. Um, Took his chance well. It was a good opening for him. Um, he'd be, I mean, Martial feels like he's such a confidence player. And now with Rashford uh, potentially missing that game, and the, I, I still don't know um, what the... It looked like a bad one with his groin, you know, because you could tell <laughs> he pulled up immediately. He's like, I'm, I am coming off, I'm walking off. And you, you sometimes, when, when it's a muscle injury like that, you want him to lay down just so that the, they'll bring the... The um, 
stretcher over to take him away and not walk on it and aggravate it anymore. But um, he did. That's what he did. He walked off. Um, but having said that, Martial back at the right time, scoring <coughs> confidence, and and the run of fixtures. I'm not going to say that they're generous, but at least it's severe. It's Nottingham Forest. You've got to feel that Martial in in the goals and confident is an adequate replacement. And I, I mean, I still think whatever happens, like with Maguire, perhaps whatever happens in the, in the next 12 to 16 games, as, as Ben says, is a step too far, even if they're outstanding in that period of time, that they might use that as collateral to, to bring money in for them. But it's a good opportunity for him nonetheless to... You know, if you can't do it against those teams, that's this, this is exactly the kind of run that we need a player to step in for Rashford. And if Martial's not that player, then they've got to be grave concerns over there. I mean, he, I mean, I don't want to spin that in a negative way. What I'm saying is, Martial should be a good replacement considering that he scored and he, he's presumably feeling confident. Well, he's just, well, in theory, he's got all the credentials to actually to be the only person to do that job. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, if, it, if the car doesn't want to start, it doesn't want to start. And it seems like he just get he just gets there and, then he, and he just he gets there and can't even get to idle him, really. I mean, good finishing when it comes to it, when it comes clinical finisher, there isn't many better, to be perfectly honest. When it, when you, in that situation, he gets him in. He's that one person you'd want there nine times. When you can see the, you know, see the goals, people talk about Rashford, but... I I personally think that Martial is a better finisher than yeah. what, in that in that sense. People go, but he's so and so scored more goals. No, Martial, when it comes to it, is a better finisher when he gets in that situation. Um, but you just don't know. Does he want to do it? Is he bothered? I mean, he scored that goal, but it didn't really see him enough in it. He didn't come on with any great appetite, you know. Yeah. And you didn't really want. Didn't come in and make an impact. And everyone suddenly go, "Yep, yeah, right, he's ready for." Yeah, he's got to. He's got. He looks like he wants to play on Thursday, and I think. Don't know. He looks like somebody goes. Well, I'm gonna. Looks like I'm gonna play because of um, Marcus is out injured now, so I might play, but I'm not sure. Rather than going out and really going to trying to do it, but that just might be. You know what the modern the, saying. It's a bit like the modern modern day player is a bit is like that. I really do think that's something that's ingrained in the majority of the modern day players not really having that drive in them. It's like virtually it's going to happen. It will, it might happen. Not, not never kind of, I'm going to try and make it happen. Yeah. By really digging in, just going out and sticking my body in the way or something, doing something to, for the fans to actually believe it. I mean, if he starts against Sevilla, you know, the fans are going to go, right, okay, let's see what you're going to do. Rather yeah. than knowing what he's going to do and believing what he's going to do. You know that that's that's the that's that that is his problem, and it, and it hasn't changed, Wayne. And <clears throat> you know that. And what I'm doing is repeating what I've said over the last few years. To be perfectly honest, and the commentator with me said talked about saying about Martial. He said he just comes and you know he just wants to score goals every time he comes in and he scores goals. But then I turned and said, but he just doesn't look like he's enjoying himself. And I think. You know, even look at some people are moody, whatever, but you see something about him and it's just it just isn't there. I mean, and for him, he should going back to Severe as well, where he had a poor time on loan, he yeah. should be when he goes back there, he should actually want to turn around and 
go back and try and do something, and then they still might call him out not for doing it for them. At least he can, you know, he's got some kind of response. Well, I didn't want to be there, showing I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be reunited, and and I'm I'm trying to prove it now. So it it does concern me when I I do look at Marcio and I and I worry about. So I think the way I look at him now, if, if and when he does leave, I don't think we're going to see or hear him again. He's never yeah. going to. He won't be. He will not be. Certainly. You know, throwing throwing stuff back at United for the way he was treated because people want to see that on a pitch and whoever takes him on, I think they're going to be disappointed. Yeah, it's like I said, big sort of fifteen games for him, but whether or not it's going to have a, a big impact on his future at United, I, you know, I would say United are the ones hoping for that leverage at this moment in time, which is a shame because, like I said, the credentials, the ability, um, there's a player there. But by the same token, you can't really see him coming back to Haunt United. Uh, whereas, you know, maybe 2017, 2018, if we'd have moved him on when his stock was relatively high, you might have worried about him coming back. But maybe that motivation, like I said, maybe it's just not there. Um, if you can't get motivated playing for United. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, it's a big stage, a lot of players freeze on it. But he's had more than enough opportunities. Um, he can complain about treatment, but I think he's been very, I don't want to say indulged, but he's been looked after. Um, he was put, you know, at one point, he was in a war with a manager, Mourinho. He, he was favoured in that, you know, like they took the, the club sort of back to the players in that. Um, well, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, it does bring on to the earlier question about uh, being disappointed with the forwards. And I do want to mention this on a broader note. I mean, you've said a few times about, you know, Rashford's goals masking his uh, level of performance. But the goals are there. So let's take Rashford out of the conversation. The other the other forwards, Anthony's contributed a few goals. Well, that same goal a few times. And he, it, to be fair, it's worked. I mean... I think he, he commented something like he's won the club's goal of the month four times out of well, however eight this season. And I'm like, yeah, you've won it for the same goal <laughs> every single time, <laughs> uh, which is fine because they've all been good when they've, they've gone in. But, um, you know, Vegos has obviously only got two. Um, Ronaldo wasn't pulling up any trees before he went. Um, it's difficult in, without Rashford in there. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you do you look at the forwards, Paul, in this? He said that they've got to take the responsibility, or do you look further back and say, well, for long periods of time this season, we've had like you know, Eriksen's been out for three months. Um, Casemiro's had these long suspension periods, and you know, we've had a disjointed midfield that's never had a consistent run together. And, and when it has had a consistent run together, that's when we've looked at our best. And then you, you sort of fragment that up and it's a bit difficult for then the forwards to have any consistency. You know, in the same way that we would say that the rest of the struggles because the heart of the defence wasn't strong last season. Now we're saying this season, you know, maybe it's a cumulative thing that the attack the attack can't get going because the midfield behind them haven't been creative enough. They haven't been able to hold the ball long enough when Casemiro and Eriksen haven't been playing. Or do you think that um, the forwards ought to take a little bit more responsibility in this in this position. I mean, that's a valid point in the midfield. Just of, just lately, over the last what <clears throat> six six weeks, say to two months, it 
it has been a little bit of a change. Like say the the injury to Ericsson and Casemiro, the the, the main two, Frozonson <clears throat> and the main two players, yeah. the ones who who the ones who you know what you're going to get. Um, Bruno, you 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 don't know what you're going to get. You have to just wait. You don't know. It depends how he feels in the morning, how erratic he's going to be, what level of being erratic he's going to be at, and he'll disciplined as well in the way he plays. But you, I'll get that bit. Maybe some opportunities opportunities not maybe not being enough enough being made. But we've got to remember over the, the great seasons that United have had over the years, so many years. Sometimes you you look. There's been forwards. And there's always been more than one in a team who could make something out of nothing. Yeah. And you're looking for that little bit, something, just add something. And you do look at it. Marcus Rashford, Rashford has added goals. And then you look at it and you say, the rest of them haven't done that, Wayne. You can talk about Anthony. We can talk about the goals he scored, but it hasn't been enough with, the, with, with, the, with where he's been and what he's missed. It hasn't been enough. There hasn't been enough end product. And I don't mean this silly assist and everything like that. I don't, it's not me at all. So I'm with Dean Saunders on that one. This silly assist thing like it make you know makes or breaks. I mean it's great that you do that, but but I look at you, know, you look at you look at Sancho and you can't keep wrapping him in cotton wool and keep feeling, you know, you can only go so far, then you've got to look at the, the individual and ask ask him the question, what is the problem? Please tell us what's wrong. Why aren't you doing what you was doing when you was in Germany? Is, is, are you struggling? And I think he is, he, is, he is struggling. You can't, you know, people throw things up and try and protect him, but, you know, life isn't like that. You can't keep on doing it. Somewhere along, the, you've got, someone's going to ask you the hard questions and, and you have to produce at some time. You've got yeah. to want to, and, he, and he's the, and he's the main, he has been the, the poorest out of all of them in that front line, to be perf- perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, you, you know, he, he hasn't done it, hasn't done enough. Yeah, and he had some time out. And, you know, I thought he was all right against Everton. I thought he was poor against Brentford. But um, I thought he was a little bit more proactive. There was something about him. But maybe it's, you know, there was a little bit more zip in the, the but, but the problem The problem is, though, Wayne, is that it, it doesn't, he doesn't knock crosses in. Doesn't from wide areas. He never tries to knock a cross in early. He no. keeps. It's great. Normally, you say to people, "Get the ball." And the last thing I wanted to be as a fullback is all of a sudden someone gets the ball, allow someone to turn and run at me with the ball. As much as I'd always say, "Yep, I'm quick enough to recover." You don't want it. You don't want it. He does it, but you can see he hasn't got that drive to push it beyond him. And maybe at worst come out of a corner. Now yeah. that that's the kind of stuff that gets people off the, off their seat. Anthony even tried against Everton to go round the outside of the fullback, and he earned a corner. Straight away you go, wow, that's something different. Makes the defender think about how he's going to do it. Anthony, you know exactly what it's. Sorry, Sancho, you know exactly what he's going to do. Yeah. He's never he's never going to play. He's never going to go two touch. It's always going to be three four. Slow, slow, flick it with the outside, flick it back inside, then maybe flick it back. Yeah. And he runs and runs into the box, into the congestion area. And by then it's trying to be intricate within about two feet of two feet of space, trying to be intricate. And if it comes off, it's more by luck than judgment. So yeah. I don't know how Ten Hag has done really well, but 
it's the same old story. You know, people are not taking bets anymore on him coming off. When he starts, people will not take bets on him coming off because you know that Ten Hag will take him off. Um, yeah, I think I remarked on on him in the last week saying that he, he's kind of like a plan A player. And, but he, if plan A doesn't work, he doesn't go to plan B. He goes to see if plan A will work again. And it's, it can be frustrating to watch. Um, a couple of comments from Ben in reference to what you just said about Anthony. Anthony, he was his right foot. Yeah, and I think the thing is, again, to go back to Anthony, it doesn't matter if, if it's the same trick, if it is the same planet. If it works occasionally, you can sort of see, but you do want to see, especially wingers, because they're the, they're the difference makers. They should be in, or oh, oh, we should call them wide forwards now, not properly wingers, um, but they're still the difference makers in the game. They can't just have one trick. They've got to have a, a whole alphabet of plans to be able to um, like Ronaldinho or someone like that I'm not, I know that's a high bar but what I'm saying is wingers are supposed to have that box of tricks where they've got an alphabet in there that they, you know A, B, C, D, E, F that they you don't know what they're going to do um, he also Ben also remarks on the fact that Fernandez is the only other player in double figures for goals this season um, there humorous conversation going on about Martial. So I just this is in the comments, by the way. So I'll just come to that quickly. Um, Mike says 100% Martial is a better finisher than Rashford, the earlier point we're making. It's his effort and motivation on match day that's always a doubt. Such a shame as he's got so much talent. He suggested Martial plus 50 million for Kane. Richard said we'll get laughed out of the room for that, Mike. Um, well, dealing with Daniel Levy is never going to be fun, is it? Um, and Ben says Marcel is another one in a long list of footballers who've never reached their potential. It's a pity. Um, and Patrick says, Happy Easter, gents. Happy Easter to you as well, mate. Hope you're doing well. Aside from a new number nine, what are your thoughts on Palestri, Diallo, and Garnacho as key attackers for the future? Um, I'm not sure on the first two, to be honest. I know Diallo's doing quite well. Um, Sunderland um, deciding games for them, but I don't know if that's still at his level. Do you know what I mean? Um, if he's a difference maker at that level, I wasn't um, massively unimpressed with him when he's played for us, but I do think he struggled to make an impression. He's really diminutive. You've got to be lightning or, or really special to make a, a difference at United's level. That Palestri's done all right when he's come on. I'd like to see him given more chances, but Garnacho. Um, I don't have a problem with. I think he will be a key attacker, and it's just a shame he got injured when he did. Um, very quickly, Paul, your thoughts on those three before we move on? Um, yeah, I do like Palestri. He's got saying about him. I, I, I keep saying this. He come on a sub in one game, and he made such an impact. When he he made he made bad out of he made good out of bad. I should say that's better yeah. or something. And he made a goal. A goal yeah. come about when he's chased something he had no right to get to, and instead of just trying to keep possession, he's actually made he's actually spun it round and turned it into a cross. And I, yeah. I can't think what game it was. Someone will tell me. <clears throat> I can't think what it was. Um, Ganacho, if you're talking, is the one really because he's got a little bit more physicality about him than maybe the other two. Diallo, I saw him the other day. I saw him on um, the Sunderland game when they played against. Um, 4-4 game with Hull City. Nice touches, whatever, but still, yes, he looks slight. He doesn't look big enough, and people could have said that about me. But, you know, when you're just looking for, you know, for me, strength comes from within. Yeah. 
if you know if your head's telling you you're, you're not strong and you're weak and small then you're gonna have a big big problem if you're telling yourself you don't you don't care you're just gonna go up against anybody it's a football match no one's actually can can actually beat you up and beat you up on the football pitch you know it's not going to happen so you go out there and you don't, size doesn't matter Diallo I think size matters that yeah. might be one of the physicality up in Scotland mostly frightened the life out of him yeah. So um, coming to the championship, it seems like coming to a kindergarten for him in this moment in time. But, you, I mean, the Premier League, yeah, we've seen it, players fall down at the slightest touch. But there's still that presence you need. And the presence, I don't mean six foot six, just something that people can see that you're strong mentally. And I don't think Diallo's got that yet. Yeah, yeah. So, um, God, Nacho definitely does. Um, ben says, do we know when he's back? Not sure. I, they said I thought that the original prognosis was like six weeks or something. And has it been three? Three? Has it been a month mm. already? It's been a while. He's been out. Um, so hopefully, hopefully he'll be back in. Certainly by the end of the month, I would hope. Um, yeah, Sevilla. They've been a bit of a bogey side for us in the past. A big bit. We played them three times, lost two of them, and, and drew the other one. So um, not even just a bit of a bogey side. We've never won against them. But they are 13th in La Liga. They drew the last game. And if they've been watching United in preparation for this game, then they've been watching United without Casemiro and without Eriksen. We're a very different team. Um, and even with Rashford and the over-reliance on him, I wonder if this might work in United's favour because we kind of know what we'll expect um, I, I don't know if Vegos will play if Rashford's not playing. If he'll, you know, he'll try to keep it more vibrant with, you know, give Sancho another chance, give Martial a run through the middle, and put Anthony there. You know, play those three from the start, and then you've got, let's say, Eriksen starts. It's a very different proposition to what they would be expecting if, say, Casemiro and Eriksen weren't playing and, and Rashford was playing. You, you know, they know what they're going to hit. United are going to be looking for Rashford all the time. If you don't have him there, and United have got some good movement, um, it doesn't matter how much scouting they've done on United. Um, they could spring a surprise against them. So um, hopefully that's conducive to United finally getting a win over them. We shall see. Um, the next game after that, Paul, is Forest for the weekend. Now, um, their recent form, they've lost four out of the five, including the last two. And the Board have come out and backed Steve Cooper. They've done that a couple of times this season. There was one point earlier in the season where it looked like he was nailed on to get sacked. And it was extraordinary, really, the, the kind of vote of confidence that came out and um, the, the board came out with. And then they've done it again in the last week. And um, yeah, Forrest still struggling. They, they never looked like a team who were going to get absolutely destroyed. I know they've had a couple of um, things. Um, but they try and play football the right way. And we we went there. I mean, possibly the weakest they've played is when we played them because as soon as we got the first goal against them at the city ground earlier this season, we really took control of that game. And yeah, if you don't have Rashford, let's say even if he's not in the squad or anything like that, then you want to be able to control that game. And with Casemiro and possibly Ericsson back again, it gives us a really strong footing to go into a game like that. Yeah, the only thing that was severe is that you can't judge them by their league position. That's the thing yeah. about them. Somehow there is this, you know, thing thing with them in this competition. Simple as that. They just seem to know how to play this comp, how to get success from this competition. Them and Villarreal yeah. maybe are two sides, bogey sides for Manchester United. Right, and saying, you know, 
Villarreal, okay, yeah, they, they are a problem. They get them, and and you know that you know that there's not going to be a lot of goals when, yeah. when Villarreal around. But Sevilla's a difficult one. I saw him play last season um, at West Ham. So, um, I mean, they dec- they are they are a decent side, and something again when they play in this competition, lift the fans and go in there first. You know, is the right way round. Definitely the right way round. So. Rashford not playing is actually a little bit could a little bit like it could be a watered down version of the Man City issue with Haaland. You just might find that the team might operate a little bit better yeah. in the way they play. They might you you might just see the ball shifting around a bit quicker when he's not there, rather than maybe think in certain ways Marcus Rashford has taken it upon himself, but he's the only one who can score, so he's looking to run and shoot all the time. Yeah. And he has too many touches and runs into cul-de-sacs, just you know, full of cul-de-sacs who look like a marketplace. You know, so many, so many bodies in there. It's ridiculous. And you think, what are you trying to do? And it's more just a hit and hope. But I, I, I you could, you know, I'm agreeing what you're saying. This could be a little bit of a something that just could just make a difference, really. And it just might make other people think about their responsibilities when it comes to maybe trying to get in there and score goals. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I suppose that's a positive problem to have, really. No, it's not a positive problem that you, your top goal scorer is out of the side, but it, when Tenog's looking, we're looking at the current ambitions, don't get me wrong, but we're also looking at um, big careers here, like Anthony's got to step up, you know. It's, the spotlight is there for a player to step up and take that responsibility, and you'll see, hopefully, one of them do that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's... That's severe. What what do you make of the Forest um, game? Because I mean, obviously they they have been in poor form again, and, and like Ben says, even Vego scored against Forest. So defensively, they're a little bit suspect as well. And if we've got that movement thing going, you know, it could be one of those sparking things. You know, like you have a good performance on Thursday in the the Europa League um, with that movement in the attack, and then you're not worried so much about rushing Rashford back into it. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean. I will say, though, it's, an, it's another game. It's no different to the Brentford game and the Everton game in the sense of everyone expects Manchester United to win, but United's form away from home has, has been poor yeah. performance-wise. Performance-wise, their last good performance away from home was um, was at the Emirates and they got beaten late goal. Yeah. Good performance. And then you look at it, going to Forest. Forest strength and a lot of the teams down the bottom, their strength has been their home form. Forest are, re- Forest are relying on their home form. They're hoping that's going to get them by because already Steve Cooper must have given up on them away from home. If you go and concede four at London Stadium, you have got a big problem away from home, to be perfectly honest. And that's what Forest done. So, um, but they'll go that they should go there and they should win quite comfortably. But there's always that little bit. It's about how they start the game. If they allow. Forest to, to get a position of strength and that means maybe go and get the first corner, just make maybe the first, you know, get David De Gea to make the first save of the game. Those little bits always come into it when you're playing away from home. Stop it. Don't, don't allow it to happen. If anybody's going to get the first um, dead ball situation, it has to be you as an away side in their half of the pitch. Yeah. And that's what they've got to do. You've got to start right. You have to have the right players who are willing to fight first and then enjoy the rest. But if you haven't got them out there, as the old saying used to be, you have to win the battle to, to win a war. 
and it yeah. and that's still the same and something that i think has been lost again i use these words in the modern day football that's something that's been lost because when you're watching over, over the weekend and <clears throat> i saw it while i was doing the united game midweek i watched west ham come out the second half after scoring a late goal to go to get themselves back in the game at 2-1 what do they go and do within the two first two minutes roll the ball out to the center half inside the box to play out from the back after digging deep and getting so and straight away they're three one down inside inside two and a half three minutes of the second half yeah no that's not the way to do it and just a little bit about that playing out from the back because some people do it if you know that if other managers should know it as well someone isn't good at something but it's got a massive strength at something else play to their strengths don't yeah. ask people to do things you know they're not comfortable doing. And that's what's happening a lot now. So, I many there's been a lot of goals given away this weekend because of not, even in German football, I've, been, I've seen them all this morning, all yeah. happening because of people trying to play from ridiculous positions. And what happens is if someone brings out a gun, what happens is everyone puts on a bulletproof vest. That's what happens. They, they suddenly go, well, oh, yeah, got a gun bulletproof vest. And what happens is they see you go roll the ball out six yard line. Everyone just goes bang. And the thing about it, and I'm now <laughs> changed it completely. The thing about it, we used to do that when I, when I was playing, roll the ball out to the fullback. Fullback might give it into midfield, comes back from the midfield player. And because someone's come with him, you drop it in behind to space. They don't do that more. Everyone wants to score the prettiest goal in the world. So we know already that David De Gea, that's not his strengths, as you saw um, the other day. He, he, he was in doubt. He put the ball out there. Yeah. He said, I'm not comfortable. I'm going to pull it there because they can't score. And then we're going to get back and we're going to defend. For me, that's great. Yeah. As, as a player, you know, and Harry Maguire does this a lot, and I know what Ten Hag said about him, but he keeps giving the ball to people and to David De Gea when he knows they're not in a position of strength. He does it because... He's in a bit and he thinks that's okay to do because he'll play out of there. So you have to, you know, you know your strengths and you shouldn't be doing Even with Wan-Bissaka there, who's done excellent and he played, I thought he played really well, should have scored. Yeah. We never mentioned that, by the way. But sometimes you, you just say, no, we're not going to do it. Squeeze up, start again. And that's that's my little rant over and done with. No, he, he was magnificent on... <laughs> On um, on Saturday, Wambasaka. But no, you're right, and I think that's a sign of a great coach, isn't it? First of all, to if you, if you've got a player who thinks he's better at doing something than he is, or you've got a philosophy which um, is reliant on players having qualities that they don't currently have, then you have to make adaptations, or you have to be strong enough to tell a player that they're not. Um, they have to, they have to be better at doing certain things, and I think. Um, that Ten Hag has done that in a lot of situations this season. He seems to have got the penny dropping with Maguire as well. And I think, I'm not saying, I, I still think Maguire's probably worth more to United as an asset in the summer if he's in good form, because there is a good defender in there. I still think, when I, when I see Ten Hag working with him and I see the things that he can do, I think he's a good, he, he can be a good squad option if he cuts out the things that are not so great. Yeah, but on that, I know we ain't got a lot of time, Wayne, but just on, when you play over Harry Maguire, everyone goes, oh, but he plays great when he goes and plays for England. I could be the most unfittest person ever to go out there and play. But if my team's going to sit on the edge of the box 
I don't have to be fit. I can yeah. defend that line so deep. If you're asked to squeeze up and think about things and then be prepared then to drop off to come back just to threaten teams that you're dropping off and then to squeeze up, which is phys which is physically demanding. You're asking them to do it. Quickness of feet, quickness of mind. Hammer, he can't do that. That's why yeah. he can't play the way Ten Hag wants. He can't play the way Jurgen Klopp would want or used to want, which Liverpool don't do anymore. He can't play the way Pep Guardiola wants to play because of quickness of mind and quickness of feet. Yeah. So every time you know he's playing, you will see Manchester United play deeper as they did against Everton. Yeah. They played deeper. And you see he wants to knock these balls, his Hollywood balls. He can, he can do that because he's sitting so deep. He's not un, he's not in, in positions where he can hurt people. You see Martinez, when he does it, he hurts teams because he plays higher with Varane. So when he knocks the ball through and he puts a lot of pace on it, he's virtually saying to the person, I'm knocking this, knocking this to you because you've got time to turn. That's why I'm knocking it quick. Harry Maguire yeah. was knocking those was knocking those balls long, those Hollywood balls, you, as you called them, there was a bit of string hanging on them. It took that long to get down. It was no difference where you see Varane, not Varane, so Martina, and he just goes bing, and he yeah. just drills it in. And and he's and that, when someone drills a ball in hard, they're saying, turn. Yeah, move fast, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, what, that's, that's what that ball means. It, you know, you, someone will shout, turn, as every player should do, but that pass is actually the voice is a voice telling you what you can do when that ball comes in. You knock a ball short to someone, a little bit of weight on it, that means come to it, there's someone close to you. Play the way you're facing. Yeah. Um, That's my coaching session over. <laughs> One of them every week, that's great. Um, yeah, Paul says, uh, Ben says, love that insight, Paul. Yep, I love that, the pass is the voice. Um, and someone said it earlier in that one, the strength comes within, Patrick saying, I'm going to pinch that quote for the youth I meant, so if you don't mind. So he's been on top form this week, giving um, the mentoring out. Um, so, yeah, you come for the football, you stay for the life lessons. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> ben says, I forgot to mention that Wan-Bissaka spent a lot of time in the middle of the pitch, which was unusual for him. Mike says, I like Wan-Bissaka. Yes, he's improved, but he's passing and decision-making on and off the ball. Still frustrates. Can't see him being here long-term. Now, I, I don't often disagree with you, Mike. I'm not fully disagreeing with you. Um I I wonder if in if the worst case scenario is with some of these players like Dallow, like Wambasaka, like Maguire, is that they've the stock has improved considerably from the back end of last season, where they can bring in decent fees for United to revitalise the squad. Then that's still a really big bonus point from where we were when Eric Tenard came in. Um, and, and you've got to credit the players for that as well as the manager because they've stepped up for uh, various reasons. Um, one last one before we go because uh, we were talking about Severe and we sort of skipped over that for the um, Forest and then Paul's coaching insights. Uh, Patrick said, Strange as it, feel, it seems, I feel more confident with Casemiro and Ericsson back, even with Ratchford's likely absence. We'll have a bit more control and create chances for them to finish, uh, which which is what basically what we were saying and we were hoping for that, um, yeah, it, it could have a counter-effect on United and really liberate them. Um, and, and to be fair, if it does, and while giving those players praise, like Wan-Bissaka, like Dello, maybe there's now that shop window for Martial, for not necessarily Sancho in terms of a shop window, but a, an opportunity there to take that responsibility and step up in Rashford's absence, um, hopefully, 
and they can follow that trend and uh, make because if they do, it's going to make a really strong end to the season for United if they can have that kind of option in attack. Um, hopefully, like this week, we'll be back next week talking about two wins for United um, because I think we desperately need a win in that first leg against Sevilla. Um, and a win against a win at Forest is going to be massive in terms of if we get it in terms of securing that fourth uh, or Champions League spot, I should say, not just fourth. Um, and one last one before we go. Um, Jemil says, I want to see some bits for that advanced midfielder, maybe in the nine, sort of. Well, yeah, like he plays for Austria, yeah. I mean, I think that's where Tenog's trying to put, well, giving them run for McTominay at the moment. And, and he's not playing poorly, so you don't sort of criticize or demoralize a player by taking him out when he's playing poorly. Although, obviously, the return of Ericsson will, will do that naturally. Um, we'll see. I mean, I certainly feel more positive than I did after the, the Newcastle game and credit to the manager and credit to the, the, to the players for that because they've turned around the situation in, in a week and made it feel quite positive for the back end of the season. But like Paul was saying earlier, it's this next sort of six weeks where you're going to see the test have United evolved from this team of the last sort of two years where, especially against Forest, Forest United would have gone to a team like Forest and sort of buckled under a team who... Uh, trying to desperately get that own record, um, like their fortress, so to speak, feeling good. The United have capitulated in those kind of games in recent years. So if they've got the mental strength to come through that, again, we can credit the manager and the players. And hopefully we're doing that next week. Um, if you enjoyed the pod, please give us a like and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't done that already. And give us a, a positive review on iTunes if you don't mind, because that really helps as well. And we'll be back next week, guys. Enjoy your bank holiday and uh, thanks for listening and watching. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.